0: Three, three main thoughts came to my immediate thoughts came mm-hmm. to mind. The first thought was, as you know, I just had a son mm-hmm. who's one years old. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my son's only one years old. If this situation goes left, I can't believe that this is the last time I'm going to see my son. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to grow up without me. That was my first thought. My second thought was, I'm glad that I practice what I preach mm-hmm. and my wife will be financially taken care of, even though I know that she's not, that's going to be the last thing that she's thinking about, right? right? but at least Absolutely. I know that I did my part to make sure that she's secure there. And the last thought was, I know this is going to be hard and devastating for my friends and my family as well, but I hope that they can compartmentalize their feelings to surround her, my wife, and my son, because they're going to need it the most.
1: Right.
0: Those are my immediate thoughts in the moment.
1: Say so she calling can come to work. Oh, get It's the fifth. Deadline with the first. Let's oh, get do a- welcome back to another episode of the ghetto ceo show i ain't song for y'all in a minute but i am super excited about this guest that we have today and if you are here okay if you are here you know that the ghetto ceo podcast is all about really telling you guys about how it really is behind entrepreneurship like the raw unfiltered truth uncut truth right and so in this episode we got my brother okay my brother george coming to tell us about um his experience with being a ceo so i want you guys to buckle up because we are about to get it popping welcome george george how are you dear
0: and listen if i was any better i would be you so. <laughs>
1: what?
0: So you know, I, I think I'm doing all right. I think yes. I'm doing all
1: right. Listen, listen. I mean, I mean, it's been
0: it's been quite the ordeal, right? Listen. Past ten days, but but you know, other than that, I'm good.
1: You've been through it. Been through it. How are you? How are you feeling?
0: Honestly, I'm feeling I'm feeling fine. And here's why I'm feeling fine. Okay. The reason I'm feeling fine is because I've been able to deduce all of the ways it could have went. Mm-hmm. Right. I could have.
1: Okay, you gotta tell them the story. I gotta tell the story, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: so yeah, you can't just jump into it, right? So <laughs> I was traveling to Colombia mm-hmm. uh, to meet one of my business partners. We went have like a little mini business retreat. Yeah, I landed there like around 9:45. Got my back through baggage claim. Um, got the got an Uber. Mm-hmm. Went to his spot, and, and as soon as I pulled up to his Airbnb, we got I got robbed at gunpoint, mm-hmm. right? Um. Guys hopped out motorcycles, guns drawn.
1: So it wasn't the Uber.
0: It wasn't the Uber. I mean, well, if it was the Uber driver, he was playing the long game. And the reason why I say that is because when we called the cops after it happened, he stayed, he gave gave them all his information, you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But, I mean, you know, hell, the cops could have been, I don't know. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. But what I believe happened is they have, like, in some foreign countries, they have, like, what you call spotters at the airport. Okay. And basically it's like, okay, well, this guy's coming in, he got a few bags with him. I, I wasn't, like... I didn't have doubt. anything crazy on. I had, you know, yeah, a hoodie on. on? Had, well, not this one because that one's gone.
1: Oh, I'm yeah. say not this one. You know, you be dripping without trying. It was a plan. Yeah, it was a plain
0: road. but they—I yeah. don't think that that's why they spotted me. Okay, right? it was okay. just like it was late. It wasn't. It wasn't as busy as it normally was. I had like yeah. two suitcases. I actually took my podcast equipment out. So I might have to have you send me the links to all this yeah. stuff because <laughs> I got to re Right. Um. And then yeah, I pull up, and then within three minutes, you know, they just take everything. They take. I had a watch on. They take. Uh, my phones, they take both of my suitcases, my passport, my ID, my credit cards, my wallets, everything. So mind you, you can't leave the country without a passport. Right. Right. So then I had to go through this whole ordeal to like go to the Capitol. To, I had to take the police report that I filed the next day mm-hmm. to use that to get into the capital because you can't, you can fly domestically with the police report, but you can't fly without a passport. So mm. I can't leave the country without a passport. So right. I, I get, I get the passport at the embassy. Two three days later, and then ultimately I'm able to get back, but it was a crazy situation.
1: Right, and so you said now you feel fine, but like, yeah, what were you like? What was it like? What were you thinking? Because I can yeah. only like imagine. Three
0: three main thoughts came to my immediate thoughts came mm-hmm. to mind. The first thought was, as you know, I just had a son mm-hmm. who's one years old. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my son's only one years old. If this situation goes left, I can't believe that this is the last time I'm going to see my son. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to grow up without me. That was my first thought. My second thought was, I'm glad that I practice what I preach. Mm-hmm. And my wife will be financially taken care of. Even though I know that she's not, that's going to be the last thing that she's thinking about. Right. right? But at least Absolutely. I know that I did my part to make sure that she's secure there. And the last thought was, I know this is going to be hard and devastating for my friends and my family as well. But I hope that they can compartmentalize their feelings to surround her, my wife and my son, because they're mm. gonna need it the most. Right. Those are my immediate thoughts in the moment.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so now you're like, I'm okay. Yeah.
0: Because that's what I was getting at. Because when I think about all the ways it could have gone,
1: mm-hmm.
0: number one, it could have been fatal. Worst yeah. case scenario, right? Number two, I could have been physically harmed in the in the robbery itself, right? They could have like tried to, mm. you know, harm me to take whatever they wanted to take.
1: Right.
0: Number three um, I could have not made it to the Airbnb and got robbed on side of the road somewhere in a country where I don't speak the language mm. and now I don't even know how to find find the person I came to see. Right, Which right. would add an insult to injury. Um, so when you think about like all those p- possibilities and the fact that it was a very, kind of custom podcast, mm. shitty situation. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. was on the spectrum of how bad it could have been to mm. what it was. I'm, I'm, I'm okay, right? right. And, and also when I get back, the moment I get back and went through customs, and the guy's like, um, why do you have an emergency passport? And I gave him, like, the 30-second version of the story. He's like, whoa, I'm glad you made it back because this just happened in Mexico and somebody died. And I, mind you, I'm, I'm disconnected. I don't have a phone. I don't have mm-hmm. nothing. Which, by the way, is a nightmare traveling without a cell phone. Right. Um, and so he's telling me about somebody that died in Mexico and whatever. And so I'm like, first of all, trigger warning, right? Just went through a traumatic experience. Yeah. But knowing that, like, you know, something crazy could have happened to me. Or I could have even... They could have like took me and held me for ransom because they think, oh, he got money. we going to try to, exactly. you know, get his family to wire. So like it could have went a lot of different ways. And 99% of what was taken from me, I can get back. I did have my um my idea book in there. It's like, stuff like Drake with the Blackberry with the Side Scrolls. <laughs> scrolls. So somebody, somebody, go, so you see somebody in Africa with some new, some new uh, melanin money designs. Facts, You know, other than that, everything, every, is, every, everything is, I can, can be repurchased.
1: Well, I'm like yeah. so happy. When you told me, I was just like. George like and I guess because we also CEOs we're very much problem solvers so there is no way that I could tell you something like that in your immediate mind it's not like okay what I I could do you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying not knowing that Madge is on it you know what I'm saying helping you but my thought was like I could go to the MC I could get a pair like what can I do right but it's just like you never expect you hear about things Mm -hmm. that happen but you never expect it to happen close to you
0: exactly you never expect it to happen close to you and that's why I encourage people I'm like I mean, they sound like cliches, like, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure that you, you know, do what you're supposed to do because life's not promised Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But when it when the situation hits close to home, you realize, like, anything at any time can happen to you. You just want to make sure that, you know, you've done your part. So even on the business front, right? Like, we build these businesses. We put all this effort into these businesses. Mm -hmm. Do you have – if something happened to you today Mm – do you have the infrastructure set up to where someone could carry this legacy Mm -hmm. on, right? So you put all this effort into building it, but people don't even have access to the bank account to keep payroll running, right? So it's like making sure that you've addressed those things because we have so much we got to deal with on a day-to-day basis. It seems like those things are important, but they're not urgent. Right. Right. And the urgent things is like, oh, I got to put out this fire. I got to do that. But mm-hmm. you don't want to build this empire and not be able to truly, like, pass it on, right? If something does happen to you. No, right? that's fake. So. so,
1: I know we jumped right in. Like, yeah. that was really good. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it is going to help somebody, you know, knowing that everybody goes through something.
0: Everybody goes through something. Something.
1: Like, trauma right. is not going to not come on our street, that's right? That's but tell them who you are, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell them who you are and like how we met.
0: Absolutely. So I'm um, I'm George. I look at you. Look at the camera. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm George uh, Atchampong. I've been a financial advisor for the past twelve years. Mm-hmm. I have a mission of helping 100,000 people of color achieve their first one million in net worth. Yes. So we can decrease the wealth gap by 100 billion dollars in the next 12 years. Yes. Right. So that's my mission. Um, one of the top finan- top 100 financial advisors in the nation. And my goal is to help people look like us, build wealth, right? Everybody's teaching you how to make the bag, but we got to keep it too, Absolutely. right? And we got to invest it. And so the way we met, yeah. uh, 2019,
1: was it? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah.
0: Yep, close to the end of the year. 2019, Once we had our conversation. It's like we had like, we were connected a little bit, we reached out like maybe mm-hmm. mid-year, but we actually formally talked like towards the end of the year. Yeah. And you had made, I always remember the number is like, a, you had made like a, I think that you're 168000 some change. Yep, yeah, right? yep. Yeah. And you were like, "Yo, I'm about to, I'm about to go, go. It's like my terminology. I'm about to go crazy, but yeah. I need some structure. I need some support." And I was like, "Okay, you seem cool. Like, what's she what gonna do? What you trying to do? You know what I'm saying?" Right. But your energy was high. Um, you were super. I could tell then. I was like, "Yo, she really is dope." Um, and so um, we decided to work together mm-hmm. um, first, just you know, on a professional level, and then we just became brother and sister. Man, you mm-hmm. just were like so cool. Like, you poured into me. I poured into you. And then 12 months from that moment, you had your first $1 million year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember you you called me. He's like, yo, we
1: did it. We did it.
0: We did it, Joe. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No thanks. And um, I've just been so proud to see, you know, your evolution and all that you've accomplished. Um, But like you said, being a CEO truly still is ghetto. It still is ghetto. In that process, it's like, yeah, people see the the result. Like, oh, I made a million dollars in revenue. Mm -hmm. But it's like team and staff and people that don't do what they're supposed to do or growing pains. And like... It's just a lot that happens on the road to get there but to see you still push through and fight through that and go well beyond that first million is so so dope to see
1: yes and i think well one thing that i love is like on that journey, that, that year of 2020 was just, like, very sacred to mm-hmm. me. And I will always remember it. But it wasn't a lot of people that was around. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was some key people yeah. that was around. And you literally got to have a front row mm-hmm. seat to mm-hmm. that journey. Like, so from your perspective, what were, like, what what was you thinking? Like, watching, yeah. and I know I'm not the first person you've watched make a million dollars. So right. what's your perspective when you're watching this happen?
0: Yeah, my perspective is that, your vision matched your work ethic mm. because people will see like these beautiful marketing campaigns so well thought out mm-hmm. but I saw the behind the scenes mm-hmm. right the numbers the goals the yeah. metrics the ROI we're trying to do this like mm-hmm. the conversion like really understanding how you were gonna like map it out yeah and that's a beautiful thing to see because I think people like they might they might think it's just easy like it just comes mm-hmm. organic to you right people even say that to me sometimes like, oh it just comes, it just oozes out of you I'm like yeah, no, no it don't no no like Ooh, I push it. you know what I'm saying exactly <laughs> So to see your work at cuz cuz you told me you were going to do it, like this I'm going to I'm going to take it to the next level this year. I'm like, okay, you know what I'm saying? But then you showed me <laughs> yeah through your actions. Yeah. And that was a beautiful thing to see cuz sometimes people's work ethic doesn't match their ambition. Mm-hmm. Your I think your work ethic actually even exceeds your ambition, right? Like mm-hmm. you're willing to get your hands dirty even as you grew like are you not going to do it? okay, that's cool. I'm going to get it done. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So just seeing your commitment to that was dope. Um seeing how you we're willing to lean into, I don't know, the business side of marketing. I feel like people think of marketing as, like, the pretty stuff. The mm-hmm. color is the brand. Yep. And that's part is cool. It's part yeah. of it. But to see you, like, understand the analytics side of it and see that mm-hmm. evolution, I think that was though. I think that was key, Yeah, honestly, absolutely. in your growth. Um, and just watching you be you, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, Because it's funny, like, people are, like, my circle, my community, they think I'm a genius and my like, well, you, ain't met, you ain't met. marketing by money, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And I, always, and I always try to catch myself, because I'm like, did she really be tell- saying her government name out loud? So right, I, like, right. I'm, I said, I'm going you to call you, but your mom call you. But right. But, like, you just, you, I mean, your marketing genius is just, I, it, it knows no bounds.
1: Yes. And well, it's so dope. And it was just so fun. Like, because yeah. I think what I realized during that year is, like, you were my person. Like, even mm-hmm. though I had a coach at the time, like, yeah. you were my person. Like, mm-hmm. I would, like, we would, if y'all could see the voice notes.
0: bro, Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> That in itself could be a podcast, right? Yo,
1: that is a whole playbook. You and I don't I mean?
0: delete text messages. They probably. Say, I, mean, I had to, when I got my new phone after being stolen.
1: Yeah.
0: I had to, uh, you know, uh, download on my data. I was like, mm-hmm. I got so much, uh, so much uh, data usage. Like, my text, <laughs> my text messages was like
1: so freaking uh,
0: thirty gigs.
1: Like it's crazy. So yeah, we used to like just go in, go in, and go mm-hmm. in. And I think one thing is like I, cause I think it's special when you find that person, yes. you can just. Collaborate with, mm-hmm. and even when you would call me, it's like, oh, this is going on, this is going on, mm-hmm. this is going on. Do you think that friendship and business is a good thing, or mm-hmm. sometimes, because sometimes I was also your client, right, right? Right. Um, and I'm very transparent, so I didn't, you know, care about any of the hiccups or whatever. Right. But like, do you feel like sometimes you can't always be transparent with your friends because they possibly could be your client, or right, like, right, does right. they have a hindrance?
0: I think. If you're honest mm-hmm. and you're transparent, because at the end of the day, you're dealing with humans. Yeah. Humans are running the business, right? right? I think the issue comes when you try to act like there isn't anything wrong or any challenges mm-hmm. yeah. and not acknowledge it, right? Absolutely. I think it's if you just acknowledge it, right? And and you're making a you're you're trying to rectify it, I think mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. I think where it gets tricky is like, it's like the elephant in the room. Like we know like, okay, something has to be addressed. <laughs> Nobody's addressing it, but we're also still friends. And so yeah. it's like, do I bring it up when we're not talking about business? Yeah. I think that's the issue. I think as long as as long as long everybody's transparent and is willing to address the elephant in the room, because at the end of the day, we're all people first, mm. right? And we're people having a human experience and things aren't always going to go 100% according to plan. And me, I value people and relationships over right. business. Right. And you know what I'm saying? I can always make money, right? right? And so it's like, for me, I want to preserve that. And so as long as I'm honest and upfront, I think for me, it's okay. I think you do have to have boundaries and expectations especially mm-hmm. when it's a even more so in like a employee employer role like mm-hmm. if you have a friend that works for you right i think it's very important just to be clear like hey look we're friends but mm-hmm. in this environment it's business yeah right yeah. and and then being and being okay having those tough conversations in the business environment and that not impacting the friendship right, right. And just setting that tone up front versus you in the middle of it and it's like well dang i don't know if i can address it you're supposed to be going out later mm-hmm. like and i just <laughs> called him out on not getting his deliverable yeah, 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 you know is it easier to have uh, uh, business relationships that are not, not friendships? For sure. It's probably yeah. easier because right. it's like if they're not cutting it's the sh- mustard, it's like, okay, you're gone. Right. Right. But I think it can be a beautiful thing when done the right way.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's just that you now, because one thing I felt like we had is that even if whatever, right, if I did, I'm like, you'll be like, can you get us mm-hmm. the whatever? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. It was like you also were very personally invested. Right in the growth right. and i think that sometimes when you're growing and you're scaling as an entrepreneur that's the thing that's missing mm-hmm. like you're like the, i'm the only one that cares right. oh my god 100%. you know what and i'm saying
0: and you are you honestly are one of if i'm thinking about the past two three years
1: mm-hmm.
0: i've really started to separate myself a little bit mm. from that not but intentionally it's yeah. just that i was just like i'm glad like i'm glad that it happened the way it happened with you but there hasn't been, oh, my clients will see this. But, like, I just, I, I don't know, just something about, like, and, again, I think it's because of what you brought to the table and how your work ethic, I was so, I wanted mm-hmm. to be personally invested. But as a CEO, I now have the systems and infrastructure to where I don't have to be, I have to be right, yeah. but I wanted to be. And to yeah. your point, I think that's the difference because I think where friendship and business can go really well together is if it's, like, okay, now I'm only working with people who I want to see win versus yeah. being a money grab. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see this person win, and they're probably going to win even more because you actually want to see it happen versus it being just like, oh, well, they they pay me regardless. It don't really matter Absolutely. if they win or not. Absolutely. You
1: know Absolutely. And I mean? you got the front row seat to all the ghetto shit. Like, <laughs> the front row seat. Like, yeah. George was here when I took, like, all my ills the, that first year. Like, yeah. $40,000 ills. We ain't going to talk about that. But, yeah. like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 when I, like... All the things that I do and did that year, and you got to see, like, team member after team member. Mm-hmm. And then you also, like, uh gave me a lot of comfort. You yeah. was like, okay, girl, this is normal.
0: You're winning. Because yeah. you were, because what? Because you're, tw- how old are you now?
1: I am 28.
0: 20, so you were 20, 25? Yeah. F- exactly. That's what I kept on in mind. She was like, yo, like, you're 25 years right. old. You better have your first million dollar year. Relax.
1: Relax. It's okay. And, and that's what you kept saying, right? Relax. And that's one thing. So I remember... And I tell, I tell my clients this all the time. Mm-hmm. Literally, like, tell them this story. And I tell them, I feel like a million dollars broke my business. I absolutely resent making that amount of money that fast, honestly. <laughs> yeah,
0: because yeah, it was fast. It was you go fast. from your month, your annual income, getting close to your monthly income.
1: Absolutely. Overnight. Overnight. Like, 365 yeah. days is not a long time. Not a long time at all. And I think the reason why is I was so frustrated at the end because... I have made all of this money. One, everybody's like, how you feeling? How you feeling? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't feel like shit. I got to do this shit again. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now I got this anxiety about Mm -hmm. like, I got all this pressure and trying to figure this out. And then I'm looking at my bank account and I'm like, where's my money? Like, I Mm -hmm. have no money. Right. Who stole (laughs) my money? And I just really didn't understand. And I like I didn't understand the process Mm -hmm. of how that worked.
0: Yeah and and i think one of the things we talked about offline before we hopped on mm-hmm. you're like wondering can growth and profit coexist yeah. right and it's like and i think that's that's the reality it's like mm-hmm. but we look at we look at ourselves as small business owners right mm-hmm. so like for me you know i never went out to silicon valley with the mm-hmm. with the pitch deck and an idea and said hey right. i want you to invest millions of dollars in my idea that's not even proven right, right. so from day 1 we have to make things shake we have mm-hmm. to make enough margin to be able to pay people to grow um and so i think what we forget is that the big boys, right? The the Jeff Bezos of the world, the the, the Donald Trump, like they get their small one million dollar loans and from their family members and they go out and raise tons of capital, and they're able to leverage that capital mm-hmm. to go out and acquire top talent, build right. the best thing, right? Nobody's these companies aren't profitable for several years, yeah. right? But we don't really have context to that or didn't, and so mm-hmm. so then we think we're failing yep. if we're not able to grow and produce profit right, from the, from the money that our business is generating.
1: No, absolutely. And I think, so when I'm going through this year, right, it's at the mm-hmm. end of the year, I'm looking at this money, I'm looking at my bank account, you know what I'm saying? And I'm right. like, what happened? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about, like, all of, because the whole year, like, you know, I was like, let's keep going, like, let's yeah, go, yeah, like, yeah. let's go. And I'm like, I had this mentality, like, I could do anything. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I really thought, like, I could yeah. do anything. And so I'm reevaluating at the end of the year i'm like i ain't got no money Mm -hmm. and i'm like at the moment before i even like stopped i'm like i like even though we had a friendship i resented our working relationship i Mm -hmm. resented it like i was like damn i ain't got no money like you know what i'm saying but then i started to like learn more and i realized because i just had um another friend Mm -hmm. and she has an eight-figure company she was like we're not profitable Mm -hmm. i was like you don't got no You know what I'm saying? So I ain't alone. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that I don't think growth and profitability can coexist. Like I think that when you're growing, you're spending, you're spending, you're Mm -hmm. spending. And you have to because if I didn't spend, I also think back, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe you could tell us from your perspective. If I didn't spend, I might have gotten there.
0: No facts. No, you wouldn't have, right? But to your point. Because you were still growing and learning, there was mm-hmm. a disconnect. Because like, well, I'm working with this financial advisor. Right. And I'm supposed to have money. Right. right? <laughs> that's, Where's my money? That's, right.
1: That's right? where you think, right?
0: Right. Um. And so, so, but the thing is, is like to your point, as you grow, it's like, okay, cool. Well, I'm having to reinvest mm-hmm. this money back, so it's not lost. I'm right. reinvesting it mm-hmm. into the business, but that doesn't feel good in the process. No. Because we just feel like I made X, I should see Y. Yep. Right. If I don't see that, then something's wrong. Absolutely. That's a natural human response, right? But right. as a business owner, as you grow and as you evolve and you realize how, how it all works, it's like, man, it's tough to see that, but at least I can account for where this money is going. Mm-hmm. I still think it's it was an important experience for you to have though, mm-hmm. because what it did is it made you hyper aware. You like you couldn't be disconnected. Yo, right? You had to be like, well, just because this money's coming in, I need to have awareness. Of what's happening, it's not like absolutely. so. It's not like I have to do everything, but I need to know and be aware and not disconnected from where the money's flowing.
1: No, that's absolutely like, and I think it taught me a skill like mm-hmm. that I didn't have, right? Because right. now I'm looking at every transition, every day, like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. And then, but to your point, the next year we did 1.8 million. Mm-hmm. To your point, that like we've kept making right. more money, right. and it's like learning that skill. when I can now. Be more pro- and I can decide. I think it's right. also like having the, enough knowledge from the front end, mm-hmm. like make the decision Facts. is this growth or profit? Right. Like, what's the goal for this year? Yep. And then you act accordingly.
0: Mm-hmm. And another way to look at it too is, is is something a brand decision or a business decision? Mm. A business decision is X, X and Y, right? Right. Revenue, profit. We want to be profitable. Yeah. A brand decision is I might not make money on the front end, Yeah. but if, if I do this, I'm going to have a lot of leverage that's right. going to help my brand grow long-term. Absolutely. And as we all know, amateurs make money on the front end. Pros make money on the back end. Mm. Right? Talk that and so, talk. And so <laughs> we got we to gotta think. And you're great at branding, right? You're yeah. great at marketing. So it's like sometimes... You have to connect the dots on when do we have to make business decisions, like we have to make this make sense financially, mm-hmm. and when can we lean into a branding decision that's going to increase our awareness, increase our credibility, right, um, and give us more leverage for something we're doing down the road, right? Right. So, for example, let's say you know before you did your first conference, mm-hmm. you know, man, I don't have a lot of footage with me in person with women i'm gonna do a mm. small event with maybe like 30 women we're gonna make it look like a vibe i'm not gonna really make no money from it but mm. i'm gonna be able to leverage this footage exactly. for the conference i'm gonna make half a million dollars exactly. you follow what i'm saying so like but you have to go into those decisions with those expectations so that you don't feel jaded yep. like man i spent all this money but i didn't make no money right whereas if you knew that was your intention mm-hmm. for that particular you know business expense
1: and you know exactly what's happening you can have the expectation mm-hmm. and i think that for me that's one thing that i've always like for business i'm like i just need i don't i'll rock with whatever mm-hmm. but i just need to know what's coming and right. with being a ceo as we know it's very much ghetto very good. and you've experienced like some of these ghetto isms <laughs> <laughs> in your business too Facts. so like what what would be a horror story or like the number one ghetto thing that you feel like you're oh, either you have overcome or yeah. you're still trying to overcome.
0: Yeah. So I kind of shot away from like the the digital marketing world for a while. Because like okay. as a financial advisor, it was like 86% of the people you work with, they're going to probably refer to you anyway, right? Yeah. They're not expecting you to do a lot of stuff online, per se. Um. But then when I knew I needed I needed to have more impact and I created the Melonor Millionaires Club, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. We're going to scale. We're going to grow, blah, blah, blah. And so I, I hired somebody who their only job, their mm-hmm. only job was to make sure that any dispute that we had, from I knew I knew going into it with low-ticket stuff, yep. people are people, subscriptions. I was like, your only job is to make sure that if we get a dispute that you handle it appropriately, right? Mm-hmm. So then we did this collaboration with somebody, and we had like a little back-end, like, uh, forced continuity. And basically all that means is there's like a front-end product, and then in 30 days they're automatically going to be signed up for the club, right? Okay. It was a great play. I mean, we had – like 800 people overnight sign oh, up, wow. sign up, you know, sign up for the club. But when that 30 days hit, when people kind of forgot, like, oh, I forgot I signed up for this, we saw a uptick in disputes and charges, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm wondering, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm thinking I have somebody I was far removed from. It. I'm thinking it's being managed appropriately. Right. Next thing I know, I get a notification, like, Stripe saying they're going to hold, like, 25% of my money. And I was like, okay, that's strange. Then I, then, I, then I log in, and I see that we not only not won disputes, some of them have not even been addressed, and so we just lost them off default. The and then before I can, like, try to catch up to make sure this all gets resolved, our Stripe account basically is shut down. And we have – we had when I say we had some bread tied up in there, we had some bread. Simultaneously, yeah. this is the time I'm doing an in-person live event in December. Yeah. And so now I got all this money tied up. I still got to make sure I can meet payroll, all these obligations, yeah. pay for all the expenses for the event. And I got all my money tied up in Stripe, all because this person who was supposed to do their what? job didn't do their job. But I blame myself though for being too far removed and not realizing I should have—I should have been getting daily reports on it. Because had I got daily reports on it, would've I would have known. known that it wasn't being addressed.
1: These employees, super ghetto, super ghetto. It's
0: around, the, and this is Just around the holiday time too. So you know, you got bonuses. You got stuff you're trying to do for people. Yeah. And all your money's like well, not all of it, but a lot of your money. You know
1: what like I'm saying? Yeah, know? like the cash flow. I ain't trying to go in my savings. Just, right. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. I had this played out. Right. But I think that that's one. I one one thing you talked about was like disputes and like chargebacks and mm-hmm. um, failed payments and all of that when it comes to subscriptions because I right. feel like um, right now we are in the age of subscriptions, mm-hmm. right? And people talk about it like do a subscription, do right. a subscription, but nobody talks about the failed payments.
0: The failed payments
1: and in your it doesn't matter how cheap it is don't it matter. like cuz people are like well i just do it for $14 i'm it like girl $14 payment will fail $7 payment will fail 297
0: 97 whatever it is it, it will fail
1: it will fail mm-hmm. and you know we actually had a membership mm-hmm. and I remember. It was $133 a month. Mm -hmm. And I was giving game. Like, I'm like, this is what you do. Until I looked at the end of the year. And I was like, um, million dollars failed payments. One million dollars in failed failed payments. payments." Mm. I was like, what? Like, I, and you you have the expectation that something is happening, mm-hmm. right? But a million dollars, and then, but here's the, the real kicker is right. that we didn't make a million dollars from that profit center. So we had more failed payments than we even had in actual payments. Crazy. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this with y'all. <laughs> like,
0: yeah.
1: I love y'all. I wanna,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I wanna be here for the people. Yeah, But I'm not, like, I just, I can't run a business like this.
0: Right. It sounds good, right? It sounds good. like, oh, I'm going to get, you know, 10,000 people at right. $99 a month or whatever. It sounds good, but it's, it's a lot more than meets the eye when it Absolutely. comes to that. Right? So, yeah, that was one of my more ghetto experiences.
1: No, that is very I'm much sure. ghetto. So then, like you said, you had an employee that's supposed to be doing their job. And I think a lot of people, one thing that I tell entrepreneurs all the time mm-hmm. is, because when i talk to people in marketing or people entrepreneurs yeah. about marketing the first thing they say is like i'm just going to hire somebody mm-hmm. and i'm like you know how ghetto it is to like <laughs> like do you know like cuz i don't think that we conceptually understand what mm-hmm. goes into hiring right. but you've like master you got a little a, yeah. a, a real core yeah. team yeah i got like, i got a People yeah, that yeah, deal yeah, in it out, yeah, but like yeah. sales, yeah. Samantha. Oh yeah, she ain't going nowhere. I told her, I said, like, listen.
0: Like, you know, you walk walk into a business and the, the reception has been there for like now she's far from receptions, yeah. but you walk into the and this reception's been there for like 30 years. Yep. That's been, like she ain't going nowhere. I check in probably every other week. You good? How we feeling? Right. See what you need. And what's but what's cool about it, I think the reason why she sticks around,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, because people people stick around for I think for three reasons. Okay. I feel like uh, appreciation, fulfillment, mm-hmm. and value. And okay. from an appreciation standpoint, it's like, just because you pay somebody, they can get money from anywhere. Right. Like, people think, well, I'm paying them. They got to do, no, no. Especially if they're A player, yeah. right? Are you doing things to show that team player that you really appreciate them? Mm-hmm. Number two is fulfillment. I think this only a person can only go so long with doing work that doesn't have some level of joy, right? Or either mm-hmm. they did that, they're going to have to have something on the side. They got to have something. So see if you can incorporate something that fulfills them mm-hmm. as a part of their role. Right. And the last one is valued. Of course, like they do need to be compensated relative to the value they bring to the team, mm-hmm. right? Or at least have a growth track. So I've always been very transparent with her and always wanted to make sure that I'm always checking those three boxes. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I do is I create a growth track so, so she can see, well, even though I'm doing this right now, Right. Here is where I can evolve to. Right. But I also let her know her gaps. So say, hey, look, if you want to evolve to this, even though you're great here, it would need to look like this for you to get to this level. Mm-hmm. So now she has an opportunity to figure out how she wants to elevate, right? right. Um, and what I also realize is if you want to find out if you have an A player, don't delegate tasks, delegate outcomes, mm. right? Because look at it like this. If we're taking a trip and I print out some directions from MapQuest, that mm-hmm. I'm dating myself, obviously y'all probably, George, y'all might not even know what map is I'm, I'm older but you yeah, i'm aging like some Dang. people age like some people age like wine some people age uh, like milk uh, you know what i'm saying that, which one are you so let's you take a wild guess <laughs> you know it ain't milk you know what i'm saying but i was around yeah. but i used to go on a little spring break trip and we had to print out the map quest directions okay. but what happens if those directions fly out the window we're screwed right all we knew was the turn-by-turn directions that were printed out right. if there was a detour or a roadblock those directions are null and void. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in your business. If you give somebody a step-by-step, step, but you got to do it this way, if something comes up and it adjusts, and as they always do in small business, right. they're going to be screwed. Like, oh, right. well, I can't follow the step to the T. I'm stuck. Versus if they, if you delegate an outcome, now you're empowering them to figure out a new way. Mm. Right? If you delegate tasks, all they're going to do is do the task. If you delegate, Hey, look, this is what success looks like. I'm going to give you a little bit of autonomy yeah. on how you get there. Whether you fly, take a boat, I don't care what you do.
1: I just need this.
0: Just get there. And then hopefully you tell me how you got there faster, better, quicker, right? Because you had that autonomy. Mm. And that helped me identify, like, how, if I had, like, eight players on my team. And if I didn't, I knew how to compartmentalize them or get rid of them.
1: I love that. Because now I'm thinking in my mind, like, I got somebody that I'm, like, in my mind. We're, like, dating, right? Mm -hmm. Like... Not actually dating, but right. like we're dating in the business mm-hmm. of them possibly becoming a partner, right? Right. And so, um, but I am but you know me. Mm-hmm. I'm very hands on. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm very like, here's A, B, C, D, right. and follow it to the T. <laughs> but like, uh <laughs> I want to give them outcomes because mm-hmm. I don't like to tell you every single step. Right. So I definitely think that that's a bar, y'all. Y'all need to document that, like mm-hmm. give them outcomes, and yep. you'll be able to know if they're a player or. And it's okay. You need B players. Yeah, on you the do. Team.
0: You need role players, like. Yeah. If you have extraordinary systems, you don't always have to have extraordinary people. Mm. Right. So the reason why McDonald's can thrive, I don't eat McDonald's anymore, but the reason why they can thrive as a business yeah. is because they have extraordinary systems. Right. Almost anybody can step into McDonald's and be able to plug and play. Right. So from a business standpoint, while I am saying give some rope and some autonomy, make sure you have like infrastructure set up to where if it doesn't work out with that person, right, you, somebody can step right in because you have a great infrastructure in place. You're really doing the outcomes as a test. Right. Right? My whole thing is like, my business is going to, has to live on regardless. Right. I hope that you're here and around for the ride, but we got to keep this party going regardless. So the question then becomes, if I give you some more autonomy, can I now lean on you and trust on you for more? Because I know I don't have to micromanage you. Mm.
1: I like that. I like that. So you could ca- like completely switched the mission. Well, you've I- evolved Melanin Money, mm-hmm. right? Um, is it Melon and Millionaires now?
0: So, so the brand as a whole is okay. Melon and Money, okay. right? Um, but the goal is to help people achieve their first one million in net worth, right? Okay. So, Mel- the Melanin Millionaires Club. Um, but, and I don't want to get into like the technicalities of like holding companies and all that kind of stuff. So the brand, so the holding company is melding money, but like we have brands and pillars that align with like the mission of helping people achieve their first one million. So
1: how are y'all doing there right
0: now? So a couple ways. Um, so number one in our club, we have, uh, live classes every week, okay. um, that are across, uh, different subject matters along people's journey to build wealth. Uh, we have an on-demand financial coach, which was actually the original name for the club, Pocket mm-hmm. Advisor. You remember that? Yes, um, yes, yes. So now and that's penny. a fe- <laughs> and penny. Yeah. So now that's a feature of the club. Okay. Okay. Right. Um. Obviously, through our podcast, we are able to you know create content and scale to impact people. Mm-hmm. Um. We're doing live events now, um, and then actually I'll say it on the show since it's going to be releasing a little bit later. Yes. We are doing uh, our first Black Wealth Awards, uh, show yeah, right. we be giving out net worth plaques, right? So obviously, there's plenty of communities to give out, like, revenue and income awards but as we talked about in the show right. what you make is a lot different than what you keep Yeah, and so now we're going to be celebrating people for their true net worth all from 100k all the way up to 10 million oh, wow. and literally that's how we're going to track it right because if you submit for your award you get approved now we have a database to validate that we are decreasing the wealth gap by this because here's the proof, is
1: the um, proof.
0: so that's how we're doing it first
1: of all I gotta get my money up because
0: and you, know mean, you, come, you know you're getting invited to you, know, like, you know I what need a little 10 you know what I'm saying, row, you know, saying we got we gotta get you the front row so.
1: yes yes I'm excited so we got a segment on the show called figure it the fuck out okay because as a CEO we have to figure, figure it, out, it out like all the time so yeah I'm gonna pick a scenario okay and then you have to let us know if this happened to you what would you do okay okay are you ready I'm ready let's see alright okay so you are in the middle of one of your biggest launches of the year, okay? And your second in command quits without mm. any notice. What's next?
0: Um, shut the business down. No. Ah! Uh, <laughs> nah, it's over. Nah, Oh, man. Um, first, I would see if they really want to quit. Like, you really sure you want to quit? You sure about you that? You sure about that? That's the first thing. Um, the next thing I would do is I would have to obviously identify everything that they're responsible for mm-hmm. because now that's going to have to be spread across multiple people. Right. Um, and I would then ask ourselves, do we need to simplify mm-hmm. anything because is it realistic for us to launch in the exact same way without this person, right? Mm-hmm. In this time frame? if it is great, but if it's not, right. maybe we can still have a successful launch, but maybe we need to like, Strip some things away to make it more palatable. Right. So I will reevaluate the dynamics of the launch to figure out if it still makes sense in its current capacity. Right. Um, and then I, I was I was in the a fly on the wall in the other podcast. I will I will have to call somebody. You know what I'm saying cry in the car a little bit.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Um,
0: but yeah, I mean at the end of the day, you still got to get it done. You got. You know to what I'm saying like you got to get it done. So for example, like with my with the stripe situation, until I like had my new merchant account set up, I had to like I, I had to still collect money, so I had to yeah. figure it out. Like what was the plan? But I would just, you know, again, I would just evaluate the outcome, mm-hmm. and I would figure out exactly what I need to do, who can help me. I would be pulling on everybody. I would tell, hey, look, yeah. for a season, we all hands on deck. Right. We got to get this done, and I'll make it I'll make it happen. And if they didn't come back and they didn't quit for a legitimate reason, I'm going to have to deal with that person. I'm going have to have, I'm gonna have some We're choice. Gonna have words with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. really? This what we doing?
1: Right. Like, that's disrespectful.
0: You know what I'm saying? So, yeah.
1: Now, that's I, I mean. love, love, love this. So, like, what can we look afford
0: to like what's coming up next yeah so uh by the time this airs we'll be probably in the middle or in the back half of a live podcast tour in conjunction with the social proof podcast so y'all can be on the lookout for that um my biggest thing i'm excited for is the award show right I'm, i'm trying like the grammys meets you know black wealth you know what I'm saying? Um, so really excited about that. I might probably have to pick your brain on some like, yes. uh some vibe. Like, how can we make, make sure this is a vibe? But I you know am
1: I'm saying? I'm saying this now to hold George accountable. I am the official marketing. Hey, say advisor look. on need this that. collab.
0: I need that. <laughs> I need that. So I am super excited about that because it's gonna be fun. Yeah. But it's also very mission based, yeah. right? And it gives us an opportunity to really measure the impact yeah, that we're trying to have.
1: So. This is going to be dope. Well, thank you, George, for coming on the Get Up. Thank you for
0: having me. Thank podcast. you for, hey, listen, y'all, if y'all make it to the couch, man, like, try not to fall asleep.
1: <laughs> ga- try not you, to fall asleep. You don't went from here.
0: I to have like, kind of, like, dipped down a little bit, for real. I hope I ain't messed up the camera shot. Then,
1: first of all, they are going to be talking about this the Ray J with the little, <laughs> the hat. They were like, what is happening with George, If you're over here on YouTube watching the podcast, listen, I need you to do me a favor. If you love me, do me this favor. Pull out your phone right now and go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts or anywhere that you actually listen to podcasts at, right, I need you to subscribe and leave a review. Listen, the way podcasts work is the streets don't know we doing good if it's not on the audio version. The YouTube version don't really count, okay? So go over there leave us a review and let us know how much you love the podcast. Now, back to the episode. (laughs) Right, every time we come back to his. That's,
0: that's Blame it on the couch Don't blame it on me
1: Listen, we trying to make it comfortable over here Thank you for coming to the Ghetto CEO Podcast Thank you for having me Um, You guys, make sure If you are watching the video on YouTube Make sure you like, comment, subscribe Send it to about 10 friends okay? And then also if you are listening to it On any platform Make sure you actually leave a review Reviews matter Okay, so leave us a review And send it to some friends But I will see you guys on the next episode Peace out